Welcome to We Are Free. I'm your host, Becky Marquecho, and you're listening to episode 58. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Jennifer Dukes Lee. Jennifer lives on the fifth generation Lee family farm in Iowa, where she and her husband are raising crops, pigs, and two beautiful humans. Jennifer is the author of several books, including Growing Slow and It's All Under Control. She loves queso and enjoys singing too loudly to songs with great harmony. Once upon a time, she didn't believe in Jesus. Now he is her CEO. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, how you doing, Becky? Good. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, glad to have another Midwesterner on the show. A lot of people don't right. know I'm from Wisconsin, but um, I am. So I get the Midwestern life a little bit. You bet. Yeah, <laughs> you have plenty of farms in Wisconsin as well. Yes, we grew up like driving to school, mooing at the cows. So uh, my husband would probably laugh at that one, but it is true. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Pigs and, and cows and sheep and goats are much more prevalent where I live than there are people. Yeah, yeah, no, it's <laughs> totally true. Yes, the population. <laughs> yes, that's funny. Um, Jennifer, so you, well, you have a new book coming out uh, in the spring um, called Growing Slow, and you have an older book, which I'd love to chat about mostly today, um, called It's All Under Control. Um, people listening, we know like we are free. It's all about surrender, letting go. So I'm just excited to chat with you about that book and why you wrote it in the first place, your heart behind it, and just like what you have learned over the years um, in your story, walking with God and in lots of other women, I'm sure that you've talked to about trying to have it all under control. So I feel like that is such a relevant topic and something that we are always, you know, hoping is the state of our homes and hearts, but quite honestly, probably isn't, uh, I know for myself at least, like that's not always always true. Like, ah, it's all under control. Well, sort of, not really. <laughs> um, so I'm just, I'm grateful to have you here to chat about those things today. Yes. So it's interesting. That book was written in 2018 and I wouldn't have predicted or couldn't have known how it has been so helpful to women in 2020 because life feels especially out of control. Yeah, I'm hearing from um, women's groups around the world uh, who are going on this journey of the book and the Bible study to um, figure out what it looks like to trust God in this situation that we are all in, which is day-to-day -day living, moment-to-moment -moment living, being unable to plan and feeling perhaps more out of control out of control than we ever have in our lives. So it's been, um, the book was written out of other sorts of issues, but it's been um, a blessing to know that it has served women in this time, in this season. Yeah. Jennifer, prior to 2020 happening and all the things we didn't know were going to happen, um, what would you say is like the reason, I know this is kind of like a loaded question, but like, why do we as women like innately feel like we have to have it under control in the first place, do you think? Right. So I will just say it up front that I'm a recovering control freak. <laughs> I'm right there with <laughs> like, you. <laughs> My hand is raised. You know, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I had trouble with control, I said, I would have said, oh, absolutely not. As long as everything goes exactly the way I want it to, I'm totally flexible. Yes. So. I think that as I got older and looked back on my life, I could see that the issue of control 
was making me very worn out and extremely busy. And um, it was because I felt like life was sort of an exercise of herding kittens. And um, at the end of the day, I would often feel I sure was busy, but I don't feel very productive. Mm. Um, And I think what was happening is um, I wasn't struggling with the kind of control that you might associate with narcissistic behavior. Um, It was the kind of control of wanting to make sure that everybody I loved was being taken care of, whether that was my kids wanting to make sure that they had on the sunscreen and that they, um, you know, had uh, wore their seatbelts, and with my parents feeling uh, that um, as they've aged, that, that I was there and available for them, and making sure they got to their appointments and things that aren't really my job, but that I was concerned out of love for all of these sorts of things and uh, concern over friends who were hurting and a belief that I had to say yes to every committee because somebody had to do it. And so um, the thing about being a high capacity person like I am, I can actually handle quite a few things. But what I began to realize is that my 40 something body was not able to keep up with the ambition of my 20-something self. And it began to take a toll on me physically. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I was missing out on so much joy in life and that I was spinning so many plates in the air and that the one that kept dropping was my relationship with Jesus. And I... Um, was hearing those same kinds of things from my readers, the readers of my past books and the people that reached out to me on social media. And I could see that it was a pervasive problem. And so the Lord took me on a journey of figuring out what to hang on to and figuring out what to let go of so that I could find this peace again that I'd been missing out on for quite some time. Yeah, I think that's very uh, relatable. What did that journey look like? Well, for me, um, some of it is just a, a mindset. You know, there are things that we can actually do to hand over control to the Lord, which he has it anyway. <laughs> but the main thing is just adopting a mindset of knowing that God does have it all under control. And that as women, um, we feel like we have to be holding the reins and holding the, so many different responsibilities and that it's sort of all on us. Yeah. Like we have to be the most responsible person in the room. Yes. So the first thing I had to do was adopt what I call a compass mindset. And that is that God doesn't give us a map with all of the highlights route, uh, the routes highlighted and the detours marked. So we know where to go in life. Instead, he gives us a compass And he says, follow me. And so it was a way of living more open-handed. I began to realize that I had my fists wrapped so tightly around my plans and my preferences and that God can't put anything into closed fists. Mm -hmm. So one practical way, uh, I, I actually got a call yesterday um, a reader said, can I call you? And I'm like, yeah, that's sure. fine. She, she wanted to chat with me about what a difference that um, this message had made for her in her life. And what she found that she was trying to control was her singleness. 
And going through the journey of it's all under control, she ended up taking off all of her dating apps and decided to quit trying so hard to find the perfect guy. And um, I know it doesn't always work this way, but it did for her. Uh, she was she was uh, involved with a uh, youth ministry and uh, met, met another man that was uh, met a man that was a part of the youth ministry as well, and uh, they began to um, get to know each other. And it was because she had opened her hands to what God wanted for her. And I, I think that's the kind of mindset that I'm talking about. And it doesn't mean that if we set everything aside, that we're suddenly going to get the thing that we ask for. Right. But I do believe that this idea that God can't put anything into closed fists. And if we're hard charging toward our ideals and our plans and our preferences, it's easy to get off track and not be able to see where God is going. So that compass mindset, that closed fist, uh, opening of the closed fists. And then thirdly, um, rehearsing God's promises. God has come through so much for so many of us in the past. And I think that when we spend time um, rehearsing where God has come through in the past, it gives us more faith that he'll be good on his promises for the future. Yeah, I love that so much. That's something I've been doing uh, personally. We've been talking about in our life group, the women too, is like, you know, in the Old Testament, like building an altar to the Lord, like, and just like in remembrance of what he has done and like looking back at that. And if we had some physical reminder in our own lives, like we would see that, he does have it all under control, that he does show up, that he's working and moving, even when we feel like we have to be the ones doing that. Um, we were also talking in our life group, the women, um, just about like the mental load that women carry and that we put on ourselves of like, we were laughing, you know, we, most of us have young families and like, oh, the things our husbands don't even think of, you know, that we do. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes we give them a hard time about it. But, you know, even just like snack, everybody, you know, we choose a week and okay, I'm in charge of snack and Callie has snack and so-and-so. And we were just laughing like next semester, let's have the guys like just take control of that. And they're in charge of texting each other and figuring it out. And just like little thing like that. And we just all thought it was hilarious because we can all just relate. Like that's just one little thing. It's probably not the biggest thing in our life, but like one out of a million things that we feel like we have to have under control all the time is like, you know, showing up, being responsible, being on time, um, you know, being responsible for all these different things. So we were just laughing that the guys next semester are going to be in charge of that. Um, and really, I feel like it's a, a an act of, um, you know, it, it's a small thing, but like, what else can we let go of in our lives that like, we don't have to be responsible for everything. And yeah, I don't know exactly why we right. think we do all the time. Right. And so like you do the snack thing because you want to make your life group uh, hospitable and you want to show kindness and right. open your hearts and your homes and do all those sorts of things. And those are wonderful things to do, but you, you're right. It's like all of those little things add up to, um, create sometimes chaos in, in our lives. Yeah. So we're like, well, we'll let the guys deal. What else can we <laughs> let go of though? But I mean, we laughed about it, but at the same time I was like, huh, like, you know, my husband is always saying like, he's happy to help with whatever. We just, our minds are different. And I think women naturally like pile these things on in our brains and our hearts. But like, if we would just let people in a little bit more, like obviously, yes, God, and he is ultimately the one in control. But if we would 
ask for help or like say, hey, this is too much for me. Like, I think there's people on the other side who are really willing to help, but we're so, I say we, I'll talk for myself. Like it's either whether it's pride or whether it's like, I know that I'm responsible. I'm a type one on the Enneagram. I'm, I'm, I take on responsibility. So like to let go of some of that, I think would be um, a good step for myself mm-hmm. um, and probably other women too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, what other like pressures or anxieties have you seen or stories you've heard from women, um, that you've spoken with, like that you feel are just like a common like burden that are just like holding us back from, from the relationship with God that, that is waiting for us? I think a huge thing, um, and I, I know that not everybody listening is a mom, but if you're a mom, um, I think that we feel like we're always on the verge of messing up our kids or like they're not going to reach some milestone that we have set in place for them. And this started for me when, when my children were very young. Um, I remember even keeping charts of pee and poop (laughs) (laughs) to make sure that everything that was going in was coming out and the right, right, right amounts. And I mean, that, those things aren't all bad. I mean, part of that is just being a responsible parent and making sure that our children are taken care of. But just little things like that can weigh us down. Or all of a sudden, Lydia is 16 months old and she's still not walking. Like, all the, you know, there's these other kids that are practically shooting hoops at <laughs> 16 months and mine's still trying to figure out, you know, how, how to walk. And, you know, I can see now that she's not like the, the the physicality of my daughter isn't what her strength is. Like now she's a freshman at Iowa State University and she is an accomplished musician in uh, on clarinet and on piano. And so, you know, I can look back and see, oh my goodness, I was like, I got to get a ball in this child's hand and I got to make sure she can, you know, kick the soccer ball and do all these things and be in all of these different activities because this is what kids do. And letting go of what my idea is of a, of a three-year-old, I mean, come on, you know, I had her, I had her in so many different activities. And now I see that it was just, I was pushing and I was trying very hard and some of it was just to give her opportunities, but there's this expectation that we do all these things. So some of it is parenting or when they get older, like, uh, do I have the right words when my children are struggling? Am I giving them good advice? And, you know, as they get older, their problems get bigger and more, more complex. And how can I be the kind of mom that, um, helps them through, but doesn't solve their problems for them? How can I be the kind of mom that doesn't try to fix things so that they don't fail? And how can I be the kind of mom that knows that now that um, sometimes failing is the way toward really becoming all that God made them to be? So for sure, in in parenting, it's, it's a, it's a very much an issue. And now, you know, with the, with the virus, there are just a whole host of new anxieties and burdens upon us. Like, what do we do about family gatherings? How do we adequately adequately take care of the people in our church? Uh, we had a church meeting the other day trying to figure out outreach and how to make sure that people are feeling loved and cared for in this time and it, of social distancing when we can't even really embrace them. And all of these kinds of things are important and 
God is calling us to be a responsible parent and to be a kind neighbor. But I think that if we just step back and see that God is at work and that he is leading and guiding us and that it isn't all on us to resolve all of these different issues, we'll just have a peace that that we really need to function in this time of our lives. Definitely. Jennifer, what are some ways that you have experienced like when you have like consciously like made the decision to let go and you you know that like how have you seen God show up so I one of the ways that I know that God has worked in my life is I know this is going to sound crazy but it's through all the unanswered prayers Mm -hmm. at least the prayers that I wanted to come out a certain way I mean every prayer is answered but we don't always get the prayers answered the way we wanted to like if I look back on my life and I think about like how I prayed for a certain relationship with a guy to work when I was 20 years old. Man, if that would have <laughs> worked out, if I would have gotten my way with that prayer, that could have been a disaster. If I um, wanted, I was working so hard to become a um, more prominent uh, news reporter. I was in news before we were on the farm and I uh, covered um, national politics, in fact, for a newspaper. And I had a sort of five-year plan and a 10-year plan and God, I need, you know, this is what I need. This is what, this is what will make my life full and meaningful is having this position of power and importance. And, you know, I look back on that and my life is the opposite of that. You know, I'm out here on a farm uh, with a big wide open sky and pigs and, (laughs) and a herd of cats and crops and uh, acres and acres upon, uh, of of corn and soybeans. It's not the life that I prayed for or planned out, but to see it now unfolding in the most beautiful way um, is, it it is a gift sometimes to not get what you want. But when you open your hands to receive what God wants you to have, that's what the life that I'm living right now. And it's not perfect. It is a beautiful life, but it is a hard life being a farm wife. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a it is a joy to to have a peace of knowing that God is in this with us and brought us to a place that we didn't necessarily want to land but now feeling the peace of being where God has called us to be. I love that you brought that up. I feel like for me personally, that's not something I think about very often is unanswered prayers, but I totally agree. The guy wouldn't want to end up with this one or that one. Glad that didn't work out. And even like probably the hardest season that we've had, um, you know, years ago, we were dealing with infertility and like praying to get pregnant, praying, praying, praying. And like, not that that would have been bad, but, you know, we ended up with our daughter who is like the greatest miracle we we could have ever imagined and just a different route through adoption that we didn't know, you know, that that wasn't what I prayed for early on, but what God had for us was so much better and bigger. And I think unanswered prayers are, um, I think that's a really great, like, thing to spend a little bit of time thinking about. Again, it like just proves like how God has shown up um, in in your life. I like that. Absolutely. And I know that God wants to hear the desires of our hearts. And that's, I mean, I tell, I pray for all kinds of big things in my life that um, some that will come to pass and some that will not. And 
it is good and right to have desires in our hearts and to express them, not just to throw up our hands and say, well, God, you're going to do whatever you want. Yeah, That's not what a relationship is. And I'm grateful for a God who um, we can ask anything of him and we can share the real, the real deep desires of what we think it looks like to have a fulfilled life. And sometimes we're dead set on, you know, like right in the middle of God's will with those prayers. And sometimes we're not, but he just loves us and is so kind to us in the midst of it all. Yeah. Yeah, totally is. Uh, Jennifer, switching gears a tiny bit, um, for the things we actually do have control over, whether it's like day-to-day tasks or ideas in our head or things that need to be done, relationships, um, how do we... um, take a look at all those things. Like you had mentioned earlier on, you were doing so much, like you, you couldn't keep up. Like how do we take a look at those things and prioritize them in a way that aligns with what God wants for us? How do you do that? Absolutely. So I actually have a, um, a char- of course I've got a flow chart, right? <laughs> <laughs> on, a, for, on a page on my website, um, it's all under control, book.com forward slash resources, or it's in the back of the book. So your uh, listeners can go find this, uh, to find this process, but it's called do delegate and dismiss. This is a very practical thing that we can do. So do are the assignments that you consider essential or that you simply enjoy, because there's some things that we do, not just because we have to, we should probably have a few things in there that we just simply enjoy. So those are the things that we do. And then um, there is there are delegate, and these are the assignments that you will turn over to someone else. Give the husband the snack list. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I know how hard it is, and so I actually de- devoted a whole chapter, chapter ten of it's all under control, to the idea of delegating and asking for help. And sometimes that looks like swapping tasks. Sometimes that looks like just giving somebody else an opportunity to to step in. Uh, I have lots of examples of what that looks like and how that can be real in your life in the delegate chapter. And then third are the things that you're just going to dismiss. These are assignments that you will have to let go of without guilt. Um, And there's a whole process that you can ask yourself these various questions and go through and make lists, and then you'll have to act on them. You'll have to act on them. Otherwise, there's nobody else that's going to um, step in on your behalf to, you know, really make some big, important decisions in your life. You're going to have to decide to do what to do. You're going to have to decide where am I going to ask for help? And, um, you're going to have to decide what to dismiss. What are some things that you have let go of? What are some things you've dismissed over the years and do you miss them? Yeah. So one of the things that I dismissed was, um, back when my blog started to take off, and I got a book deal. I was also teaching journalism at Dort College, now Dort University in Sioux Center, Iowa. I absolutely loved that job. I loved helping students understand the importance of good journalism. And I loved helping them become better writers and thinkers. But I had to set that aside so that I could really focus on what God was calling me to do in this new season of life. Yeah. Do you have any um, everyday life examples? I feel like we have a lot of things on our plates or we take on a lot of things. I feel like I take that back a little bit. In this season, we've kind of been given like a permission slip to like not do it all because of COVID and like what 2020 has turned out to be. So I think there are 
is like almost opportunity right now of things that we haven't been doing to be like, well, do I want to go back to doing that or not? Um, but Correct. take 2020 off the table, I guess. Um, you know, are there everyday life things that you you dismissed that, um, you know, now have like freed you up in, other, in more ways? Right. So, I mean, we don't have fellowship hour at church right now. Now we're not allowed to have it. But I have realized that I don't have to be the worship leader, be the Sunday school teacher, and also bring snack for fellowship hour. Like, I don't have to do all those things. And so I really very rarely bring snack to church anymore because I've got these other duties. And so that's just a small thing, very small. And then the other thing is that I have found has made me super productive with all of the things on my plate is that I batch tasks together. And so um, I am, I know this is going to sound crazy and you're going to seem like it's, um, it's going to sound like I'm not really dismissing anything because two years ago I took on a job as a part-time acquisitions editor for nonfiction books at Bethany house publishers. So I um, have three days where I allow myself to fully engage in the work of Bethany house and I have Mondays and Fridays that are absolutely off limits. Those are the days when I do things like podcasts. Like uh, we're recording this on a, on a Friday, I believe. <laughs> I think so too. And, <laughs> I think yeah, it is Friday. What day is it? Um, and, you know, just batching different tasks around the house. Like what can, I, what can I do in five minutes in my house? Like just do a quick five minute run through the kitchen or a quick five minute run through the laundry and do all of those things and just be able to batch tasks and also to ask for help. Like my kids can do their own laundry and they have done their own laundry for a very long time. Uh, those sorts of things. And even Scott, you know, he does his own pig clothes. So he's got these stinky. Yeah. Clothes. Give him the pig clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so he does his own. And, and I never even had to ask him for that. He, he, he just has done that ever since we've been here. So yeah, those are just little things. Um, just looking for ways to, be more efficient and also just to let some things slide, you know, I mean, things are kind of messy in parts of the house. Like there's some parts of the house that I need to have that just for a calming, uh, experience, I like to have it sort of clean at the end of a day, like the kitchen or the living room, but there's a lot of the house that's just not like that. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. Right. I think that's great. Um, what would you say, Jennifer, are some rewards that you've just seen in your life, benefits, um, goodness, gifts, any of that, like taking on that mindset, um, allowing God to be, you know, give you the compass and, you know, point you in the right direction. Um, when you listen and when you let go and realize you don't have it all under control and he does, what are some, um, things that you have seen in your life by you know, adapting that, adopting that mindset and trying to move in that direction. Right. So in full disclosure, there are still times where, um, when bad things happen, that my default response is to try to fix and, uh, you know, resolve the issue. Um, but I learn, I'm learning to take a breath and take a beat and give everything a little bit of time and, uh, let God, do his work. Some things that seem so big on a Monday morning by three o'clock that afternoon, um, they've sort of resolved to themselves and I didn't have to get my hands in the batter, so to speak. So I think in, in reality, even though I do sometimes return to my default, I can honestly say that I trust that God is always working downstream 
that he is putting together the pieces of a life in a way that I cannot see. And it is truly a freeing mindset. And I don't always get it perfectly, but it helps me to function and operate in a peaceful frame of mind so that I can move forward through my life with joy instead of worry and with happiness instead of anxiety and and trust and, and, and trust and not doubting that God doesn't have his best for me because he does. He loves me and he loves my children and he loves my husband and I trust him. Yeah. I think you maybe answered some of it, but is there anything else you feel that God has set you free from? Sure. So, well, for sure, I mean, he is in the process of setting me free from uh, this issue of control. And it's not to say that I don't try to grab things back from him. But I have learned to open my hands to what God has for my life and, um, and trust him um, with, with everything, with my career, with my books, with my children. Uh, with my marriage, uh, with my parents, who are, again, they're aging, uh, they're in their 80s, just wonderful people. I'm um, just, just really living in, in, in an open-handed way and, and uh, knowing that God is, is truly in control. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, I know that this topic is something that you've written the book, but like this doesn't go away. This is like a lifestyle. This is something you want to like move forward in. And it's like a daily surrender. I know for me, it's something that I'm very type A, Enneagram one, like it's daily, you know, little things, big things. Um, So I think the things that you shared are super encouraging because um, this is something we face every day. Um, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your new book. Um, I think we'll chat more about it on a later podcast, but tell me a little bit about Growing Slow. So Growing Slow actually um, came out of a really tough year on the farm. Uh, a year and a half ago, there was so much rain that we could not get in the, in the field. Talk about having to surrender control. In just day after day, unrelenting rains, could not get in the field. And um, I looked out at those fields and um, our family just prayed and prayed and prayed for the ground to dry up so that farmers in the Midwest could get in those fields. And I really did believe that God would answer that prayer. There was no doubt about it. And he did. There were, there were fields that we couldn't fully plant, and, but we were able to get into several fields. We were able to plant and we knew it would be a growing slow kind of year. But I began to ask myself, what is it like to live a growing slow life. What what I believe for the field, could I believe it for my own self? And I think that um, a lot of women think that I have to hustle. I got to go big or go home um, because I'm running out of time. I'm falling behind. Everybody else is further along and I am not. And I've got to hit these milestones and it's not working, whether that's in um, I see it uh, with authors and, and prospective authors that feel like I got to get my platform, which is their social media presence and their email list. I got to get this going or I'm never going to get published. Or um, a podcaster may feel like I need to hit a certain number of downloads and, you know, why can't I do it? But this other person is. And like we, we're wanting to like in this culture of virality and things going viral, we're desiring to get bigger and faster 
And it's creating a sort of hurried uh, mindset and a hurried heart. And so what I'm learning from being out here on the farm is that the best growth is sustainable growth that puts roots deep down and that growing slow is not a bad thing, but in fact, it's what we all need, that it is okay to grow slow, that it's that it just takes time to grow good things. Yeah. I love that so much. I definitely have a natural tendency to hurry and do and rush and something I've been learning to like take a step back and slow down. I love that so much. I can't wait to read that. Um, I think it is going to be life-changing for a lot of women who just push and push and have that desire. Um, I like it. I like that a lot, Jennifer. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you online? Um, Instagram, your website? Right. So everything is Jennifer Dukes Lee. I'm Jennifer Dukes Lee on Facebook. I'm Jennifer Dukes Lee on Instagram. And my website is jenniferdukeslee.com. Awesome. Make it easy for us. <laughs> yes. And I have a really fun top 10 with Jen newsletter that goes out about every month. I probably need to be emailing people more often, but I get around to it about once a month. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jennifer, um, for sharing that and just your story a little bit with us today and some great practical things we can walk away with um, to stop feeling like we have to have it all under control all the time. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. Thanks. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorkecho.com. B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O dot com. Thanks for listening in. <laughs>